Hi, and welcome to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message, where we study scripture together verse by verse. Let's jump in now for this week's message. Here we go. I'm not preaching long. We're going to end with joy to the world here in a little bit, but this is a Christmas service, so focus is on Christmas, and I'm not going to take a whole lot of time. I don't know. All of you feel the asterisk right there, don't you? Christ is born. All the way back to the story of Abraham. All the way back to Abraham, God's people. We're looking forward to the coming of someone who would supernaturally bless. That's Christmas, right? Just bless people. I know, I know. We're kind of in this, we're in a time in Christianity where we, well, Christmas, I'm going to trip over this. I'm going to create myself more room, Okay. Uh, we live kind of in a time where I, even this week I was watching on, on YouTube because that's where I get most of my sermons from. Um, you know, it's not, it's not, it's the wrong day. It's the wrong season. It was the wrong place. It was the wrong, and I'm like, you know what? We celebrate the birth of Jesus and we give gifts. Why? Because God so loved the world that he what? Oh, I thought he would stay home and be stingy and complained about, well, it's not the right time to give. You give too much. You give too little. You give the wrong gifts. You give blah, 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 blah. God is a giving God. And he gave his son to supernaturally bless who? Us. Not in a narcissistic, sick way, but no, I'm off my notes so far. Come on. All right, I told you it was going to be short and we already went long. Genesis chapter three, verse three, Genesis 12. God says, I will bless those who bless you, talking about Israel, and curse those who treat you with contempt. And then he says, this is probably one of my favorite phrases in the, of all the, the scriptures. Then he says, all the families on the earth. Can you picture that? All the families on the earth will be blessed through. He's talking to Abraham, but who's he talking about? He's going to be blessed through you. He's going to be blessed through Jesus is coming. God also promised a descendant through which God would establish not only this blessing, but this eternal covenant. The covenants that God made with Abraham were kind of temporary in a sense, but the, the covenant of Jesus is eternal. And, and God already promised it in Genesis chapter 17, verse 19. He says, but God replied, no, Sarah, your wife, in case you forgot who she was, will give birth to a son for you. Come on, that was funny. <laughs> you will name him Isaac, and I will confirm, watch this, I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting, lasting, lasting covenant, covenant. Right? It's going to be forever. This, this Isaac is a foreshadowing of the coming of the Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah. Of course, when Jesus was uh, speaking to Abraham and Sarah, they had no idea what God was actually talking about. Over and over, God spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament, and he, he spoke through the, the history of the Hebrew people. He even spoke through kings, believe it or not. He spoke that God, he was going to send his anointed one, his anointed one, a special savior, a deliverer. The Old, the Old Testament calls him the Messiah. The New Testament calls him the Christ, but it means the anointed one. This anointed one supernaturally sent from God would bring blessings and peace. He would bring freedom and salvation. It's pretty lofty goals, isn't it? 
And it's pretty incredible. This Messiah, the Christ, would bring the physical presence of God here to earth, to humanity, to us. That ought to make you happy a little bit. Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14, the Lord himself will give you the sign. So God's gonna send the sign. And then he says, look, exclamation point. Look, pay attention. The virgin will conceive a child. And all the readers went, what? That's impossible. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means, read it with me, God is with us. Can you get your brain around that for just half a second? God, the Father, the creator of all, the Old Testament refers to him as Elohim, being God above all gods. He is what? He is with us. Wow. The Christ would be called Emmanuel. God is with us. The sign of this miracle is the virgin will conceive a child. He's not conceived of a man, but conceived of God. The Christ is no ordinary human. No, no. Don't make the mistake of thinking that Jesus, the Christ, is an ordinary human. He's not. The Christ will be larger than humanity itself and will reach beyond time as we know it. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he says, the prophet Isaiah is foretelling of the Christ child. He says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. I, I, I have it in the New Living Translation, but it's in my head in NIV because it's what I grew up with. So if I misread it, it's because I mislearned it a long time ago. I'm kidding. For some of you, you're thinking of it in King James Version, so you're like, Brent, where's all the these and thous? We can't even understand what's going on. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulder. Now, we often just go past that really fast, but what, what is he saying? The government of humanity will rest upon the Christ's shoulders, and he will be called... And y'all are all thinking Handel's Messiah right now. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That's good. I know. Like, oh, Brent. It's written in italics in my Bible. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's a big deal. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. There's so many things to unpack there, but we only have this morning and Christmas Eve, by the way. Be here on Friday night. We're gonna sing more Christmas carols. We're gonna talk more about Jesus coming. It's great. God promises the Christ a Christ who will govern in peace. Govern in peace. Those words don't typically go together, right? Because mankind uh, struggles to govern in peace. We establish governments for the purpose of creating peace, but we use violence to enforce peace. 
we've got problems, right? I don't know why you're looking at me like you don't understand what I'm saying. (laughs) We have governments to enforce peace. We use violence to enforce peace. The Christ will be a wonderful counselor. I don't do a whole lot of counseling, and I will tell you straight up front, I'm not a great counselor. I can tell you what the Bible says, and I can give you some instruction. Sometimes that good biblical advice actually fits the need that you have, sometimes. Sometimes I just tell you what's on my mind, and it doesn't fit. Christ will be a wonderful counselor. He'll actually have advice that helps and comforts. Not wishes and guesses, but facts and principles that have been tested by time. The Christ will know what to do and he will have the power to do it. Isn't that cool? I mean, in, in, the, in the personal sense of the word, sometimes we're like, we just don't know what to do, even if we had the power to do it. Other times we know what to do, but we don't have the resources to make something happen. We look at the governments of the world and they have no idea what to do, let alone the power to do it. So then they just use their power that they have to do things. <laughs> the Christ is gonna come and establish this government will be upon his shoulders and he'll know what to do and he'll have the power to do it. Imagine a government of peace that rules with fairness and justice every time. I mean, we've proven that we cannot do that in the last two years, right? It's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. You're showing favoritism. God's gonna come, Jesus comes, and in his government, he will rule in fairness and justice every time, and that will never, 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 never end. If you had been a Jew, tossed back and forth from one nation to another, enslaved here and enslaved there, when you're back in your homeland and your own king is evil more often than not, then the promise of a supernatural Christ is pretty attractive. If you were a Hebrew, if you were an Israelite, you lived through the history and chaos of sin and you know that we need something greater than ourselves. We need something greater than another human. We need something greater than just another man to lead us and guide us and to give us peace We need something greater than than dad or grandpa to give us a blessing. We need a blessing from God. We need an eternal blessing that actually fits what's actually going on in my life. After Isaiah's promise, prophecies, after Isaiah's prophecies, the people of Israel would suffer all kinds of problems. They would suffer plagues and droughts and immoral kings and even oppression of godless nations Now we fast forward 700 years and there was a young lady in a little town. Matthew chapter one, verse 18 says, this is how Jesus, the Christ, was born. Those two words, the Christ, they are built upon all of the Old Testament. 
We get to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and all of the Old Testament goes, the Christ was born. The Christ was born. We've been looking forward to this since Genesis 3, 12, and the Christ was born. 12, 3. It's actually in three two, in Genesis 3, 2, but that's a whole nother, anyways, just stay with me, all right? I don't know where I am, but please stay with me. I just know that Jesus was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, that's an important part of the story. It makes us feel a little awkward, but it's part of the prophecy, and it's so important. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant. How? Through the power, everyone say power, of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Just, we'll just break the engagement and we'll cover this up. As he considered this, Joseph, he's thinking about it late one night, early one morning. I don't know, he's sitting out in the field watching the sheep, and he's thinking, man, what do I do? My betrothed is pregnant. People's going to think bad about both of us. We didn't do anything wrong. How do you cover? I mean, tell people that we didn't do anything. Well, she's pregnant, dude, really? <laughs> Come on. Liar. So he's thinking, how do we handle this in the most righteous, God-honoring way? He's thinking about it. An angel of the, of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So he had fallen asleep. Joseph. Son of David, that's all, that's so important, right? Because the Messiah, the Christ, it was prophesied. I wasn't gonna put this, I didn't put this in my notes because I'm not gonna preach about it. The Christ was prophesied to come through the lineage of who? David. David. So these little words here, they mean so much. Joseph, son of David. Again, you have this, this ripple effect all the way back to King David when God tells him, I'm going to put a scepter of power in your hand that will ne never leave your ancestry. And David's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. But Joseph, he's, he's here. And Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary uh, as your wife. Don't be afraid. It's, it's what we tell Husband, right before the ceremony, every time we do a wedding. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just being serious. <laughs> For the child within her was, con was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the ultimate delivery. This is the ultimate salvation, the ultimate freedom. All of Israelite Hebrew history has been pointing to this because Moses went and delivered uh, Israel, right? It was just a temporary thing. It was a foreshadowing of what's gonna happen in Matthew chapter one, verse 21. 
you'll have a son and you'll name him Jesus for he'll save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, everyone say look with an exclamation point, right? Because he paints it, and whenever he writes it, he uses a paintbrush and he does it in all caps. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's what we just read about from Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14. Isaiah prophesied that this was gonna happen and now it's happening. <laughs> We, we get familiar with the story, right? This is what God had promised his people 700 years previous. The Christ, our Savior, is going to be born. A virgin has, con has conceived a child. The impossible has happened. The impossible has happened. That's an important part of our salvation theology, by the way. The impossible has happened. You being saved, impossible. Just like a virgin conceiving a child. It's important when you get that under your belt. She will give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel, God of heaven on the throne of Jasper and Carnelium, a sea of crystal. God is with who? Us. God, our Savior, the Christ is coming to be with his people for the purpose of saving his people from their sin. There is no other God who makes himself so vulnerable, so present as the Lord our God. That's what our God does. If you take nothing else away from this morning, take that. There is no other God who makes himself so vulnerable, so present as the Lord our God. And because we're just reading scripture, let's just keep going because it's good. Matthew chapter two, verse one, he says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. Again, you have this whole Bethlehem thing, prophesied. Jesus is fulfilling the messianic prophecies. He is the Christ. Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from, the, from Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? He, we saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. These wise men saw a star, and somehow they put together that the king of the Jews has been born. The king of the Jews. Now, I don't know if these guys, every time there's a king born in a distant land, they travel to go worship that king. All I know is they saw a star, and something is unique about this birth so they traveled from a long way away following a star. They arrive in Jerusalem. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? Because the heavens are declaring that the Christ is born. We've come to worship him. Verse three. I, I think that this is a good story. I hope I'm not boring you guys. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this. Well, why? Because he's king. It's a problem here. 
King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law, and he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Now, I, I think that this is intriguing because you have a king who's not necessarily a great guy, but even King Herod was aware of the messianic prophecies. When they come and they say the king of the Jews is about to, is, has been born, he knows where to go to find the information to find the king of the Jews because he knows that there's been prophecies. There's something supernatural. So let's call the priests, the teachers of the religious law, because they'll know. So in verse five, in Bethlehem in Judah, uh, Judea, they said, for that is what the prophet wrote. He says, and you, O Bethlehem in the land of Judea, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. And then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men, they went their way and the star, the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. Now, I'm going to tell you this morning, I was reading over this. I've watched lots of videos about how the astronomy, right, the astronomy, how the stars movement and comets and stuff could have created a star. And there's all these theories about how, how that star was physically there and whatever. And then I'm reading this this morning and I just, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit skeptical of all the hypothesis of how this was a comet or whatever, because as we read it, this star isn't a star way off in the sky. Well, let's read it and see, because y'all are looking at me like you don't believe me. You don't have to believe me, but you do have to believe Matthew. He wrote it, okay? After this interview, the wise men went away, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped. The star went ahead of them, and then it stopped over the place where the child was. It didn't stop over Aztec. It stopped over a house, a specific address. Better than Google. It went ahead of them and it stopped over the place where the child was. And then they saw the star. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Why? Because they had found the king of the Jews. They're from a distant land. They're pagans as far as the Hebrew Israelite Jews are concerned. But they come and they found the king, the Christ. They're filled with joy. They entered the house and they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Church, this is not the story of just another child or another world leader. 
Jesus is more than a baby. The God-promised, long-awaited Christ is born. He's here. God from heaven, here on earth, as a vulnerable and innocent baby, here to bring supernatural blessing, peace, comfort, joy, and even salvation to all who put their trust in him. I think it's easy for us to celebrate all of the parts of Christmas and Jesus came and of course he was in a manger and we talk about the wise men and the kids sing and we gather as families and friends and we uh, share great meals together and we celebrate. Sometimes along the way we forget this is a reality. This isn't just a fantasy or a fairy tale that we celebrate. This is a reality that God sent his son. That Christ was not born so that you and I could have a holiday. God came to earth to deliver salvation to us in a very personal way. The innocent Christ would be crucified on a cross, shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. He was not born to rule this world, but he was born to rule our hearts. Every day, every day, every day is a celebration of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, this isn't the right day. No, every day is the right day to celebrate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But today, we celebrate specifically the birth. Christ is born. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who left heaven to come and live on earth to be God with us. Father, we celebrate the coming of the Christ, that we have his blessing of peace. We have his blessing of joy and that we are filled with the presence of God Almighty. We celebrate you and we rejoice in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You have been listening to the Desert Heights Church Weekly Message. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. on Main Street in Farmington, New Mexico. If you'd like more information, please visit our website at desertheightschurch.com.